Well, very good morning to you for our continuing series of virtual services on Sunday mornings. And uh, I've got a treat for you today. We've got Ian McLennan uh, continuing our series in 2 Timothy. And I just want to say thank you to the whole team uh, that goes into putting together our Sundays and our daily updates and the food bank and distribution and prescriptions and all of those sorts of things. And all of those who are involved in keeping it going behind the scenes as well. So just a huge thank you. Um, from me, um, for, I think on behalf of everybody who I've met really, who's just really appreciative of the work we're putting together as a family to support one another at this time. Just a couple of little things uh, from me, a little bit of housekeeping, we used to call it. Um, tonight uh, at 6.30, I'm on Zoom, and you'll be able to get the uh, meeting code for that from the daily update. Uh, Mike uh, Wilson is continuing our series in Isaiah, and we've, we've rebranded it, I wonder, not because we wonder what Mike's going to be doing, uh, but because we want to really get into thinking about scripture and how it affects and influences and helps us. So look forward to being part of that discussion after uh, after a short talk uh, this evening at 6.30. Also today, uh, we've got something from Sue Fallon about e um, Emmanuel International, about their work in Tanzania, where uh, coronavirus uh, is just starting to sort of become uh, a, a real issue. So do watch that video link that John's helpfully put in for us. And, uh, you know, we have links with Tanzania, so um, do remember uh, to those. And, and remember Bishop Matteo in your prayers. Also, we've got coffee together after this uh, this virtual service and again on Wednesday. So do join in. Uh, remember, you can join in by phone. There are, there are phone numbers uh, if you haven't got a smartphone, so you can still join in and be part of it. It's great to hear people's voices. And of course, it's lovely uh, to see one another smiles. And I love, uh, thank you, Diana, for calling it Coffee Reconnect or Coffee Disconnect. It was really good, uh, really good and really helpful. So do pray that uh, as we uh, worship and think uh, today about our faith and our journey with God, uh, that we would be minded uh, about his love for us. Shall we pray before we begin? Heavenly Father, just thank you. Just thank you for Jesus, that all of this, all of our hopes uh, and everything uh, are under his, uh, under his control, under his guidance. And within your wisdom, Lord, we pray that you would continue to bring us closer to you. We pray for those who we can't be with at the moment. We pray that you'll bless them, look after them, protect them. We pray that we will be reunited in Jesus' name. Amen. The reading is from the second letter to Timothy, chapter 1, verses 13 to 18. What you have heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching, with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you, Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesephorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning.
you join us uh, today for the third of our series looking at Paul's second letter to Timothy. I'm convinced this is a key letter for us to learn from today. Uh, there are many distractions which are facing Christians and many of us are thinking about these things today. For instance, the pandemic and all of its uh, effects, the environment, uh, for example, the effect of climate change on our world, and then social action, such as dealing with poverty and homelessness. And these are all very good things to care about and to be passionate about, but we also need to be careful to focus on the Lord's priorities first. The New Testament teaching of the Apostles helps us to do this effectively, hence the importance, I believe, of this letter. Let's recall the situation, let me summarise briefly. The letter is likely to have been written around 64 to 67 AD. Paul has been arrested and is imprisoned in Rome. He's on trial and is facing the death sentence. It's likely that he was chained to a Roman soldier 24-7 like a criminal. Paul expects to be martyred very soon. But Paul is confident of rescue safely to the heavenly kingdom, his final destination. In contrast, Timothy is relatively young, timid, and perhaps uh, quite introverted. He's someone that Paul has known for many years. Paul most likely led Timothy to Christ. And we know that Timothy then worked alongside Paul in ministry in many parts of the world. The situation of Christians and the church, humanly speaking at this time, looks desperate. The Emperor Nero is persecuting Christians around the Roman Empire. There's been a major falling away of Christians in the province of Asia, basically modern-day Turkey, which has been disastrous. Paul is under arrest, in prison, out of action, and facing martyrdom, as I mentioned. He's been deserted also, not just by those in Asia, but others as well. Paul is clearly concerned about the future of the gospel once he's gone. He writes to encourage Timothy to instruct him in setting priorities. He also asks him to visit him in prison. If you were a Christian leader about to be called to glory and there were precious few Christians around with major persecution going on, what would be your priorities? What would your letter have looked like? Perhaps how to manage the staff and stay safe? Maybe how to cut back expenses to stay within the budget? Or how to raise money to keep the church going? But here Paul's focus is the gospel. It's the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. There are four themes that run through this letter. These key themes are to guard the gospel, to suffer, to be prepared to suffer for the gospel, to continue to persevere in the gospel and to preach and proclaim the gospel. Our passage this morning falls in the section where Paul is encouraging Timothy to guard the gospel. Let's just look back at last week and recall the time scales that Paul has been discussing, which Matt outlined for us when, in his talk then. These are found in verses 9 and verse 10, 12 of uh, this chapter. In verse 9, Paul mentions before the beginning of time. So he's winding back to before time began, right at the beginning of creation. And then in verse 12, he mentions that day 
which is the day when the Lord Jesus Christ returns in glory. And in between these two times is the revelation of the gospel through the appearing of the Lord Jesus. So the Apostle Paul is bringing the entire history of creation into view as he considers the gospel in this letter. The gospel is clearly important. It brings life and immortality to light, and also it brings the destruction of death. It follows that this sound teaching and this good deposit must be very carefully guarded. Timothy is charged to guard the gospel, to preserve the pattern of sound teaching which he's heard from Paul. But note that he's not doing this on his own. He is to employ the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. And note who will help Timothy to guard the good deposit. None other than the Holy Spirit who lives in each one of us. Humanly speaking, the situation is desperate. The entire body of believers in the province of Asia, very likely led by Phygelus and Hermogenes, has deserted Paul. They have deserted his teaching. They've deserted the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet appearances, as we learned last week, can often be deceptive. Far from facing annihilation, the Church of Christ and the proclamation of the gospel will be preserved and will prosper. The Lord Jesus himself will ensure this. The Holy Spirit himself, who lives in all believers, will ensure this. God is not about to allow his glorious gospel to be extinguished. This gospel, of which Paul is a herald, an apostle and a teacher, and of which Timothy is also a herald and a teacher as appointed by Paul, will not be extinguished. The gospel is God's revelation of immortality for all who will believe and trust in the Lord Jesus. Timothy has work to do to keep up the pattern of sound teaching and to guard the good deposit he received from Paul. But the power of God can never be frustrated, no matter how fierce the opposition appears. No matter how violent and threatening the human and spiritual forces arrayed against the gospel and the true church of Christ are, or appear to be, God's power is greater. Now let's look also at the contrast between the disloyalty of nearly all those in the province of Asia and the loyal service of Onesiphorus. Despite all the persecution of Christians and the risk of being associated with Paul, Onesiphorus was not ashamed of Paul in chains. No, he entertained and looked after Paul while he was in Asia. Not only that, after Paul's arrest and dispatched to prison in Rome, Onesiphorus went to extraordinary lengths to hunt through the many prisons in Rome looking for Paul. Paul asks the Lord to bless Onesiphorus and his household for all the help and valuable service they've given to him. So let's pause and summarise and review what we've learned. While Paul's charge to Timothy looks onerous, there is great encouragement in this letter. Timothy, on his own, is bound to crumble. The massive pressure of sticking to the pattern of sound teaching and guarding the gospel against corruption 
and false teaching would be too great. But he is not alone. The risen Lord Jesus will strengthen Timothy for the task through faith in him and in his love. The Holy Spirit, who dwells in Paul and Timothy, will equip Timothy for the task. Timothy is not alone. The whole power of the triune God is strengthening and equipping him for the task ahead. So then, uh, what can we and what should we be taking away from this letter today as we read the Apostle's words? In some ways, it's a case of there being nothing new under the sun. Today, the gospel looks weak and under pressure. Many are calling it outdated and not fit for today's day and age. We've changed socially, they say, and we're more sophisticated than Paul and Timothy were. They didn't have technology, they say. They didn't understand relationships and sexuality like we do today. They couldn't travel as easily as we can, perhaps before the lockdown, and so understand others better. In today's multicultural, multi-faith, sophisticated society, we really don't need the crutch, the make-believe of this gospel which Paul taught, they say. We need to update it, uh, make it easier to apply, and uh, more relevant to modern society, they say. So those of us who seek to stick determinedly to the apostolic gospel which Paul taught, Timothy taught, and which 2,000 years later is still being taught, are under pressure. Not just church leaders, but all who seek to share the gospel, as Jesus commanded us to do, are under pressure. But, like Timothy, we are not alone. The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the Father, the Lord Jesus himself, and the Holy Spirit will continue to strengthen and equip all who are faithful to him. This God will strengthen and equip all who seek in love to share the gospel with others. In our own strength, we will fail, but we're not on our own. We have the full power of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, enabling us to keep the pattern of sound teaching which we've learned. This is the sound teaching which the Lord has ensured is recorded and preserved for us in the scriptures. We have the challenging task of guarding that good deposit, which leads to life and immortality for all who will repent and believe. But we do this with the help of the Holy Spirit, who lives in each one of us. We cannot and will not fail in this task. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for the gospel. Thank you that the Lord Jesus came to destroy death and bring life and immortality to light through the gospel. Thank you for calling us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time to this life and immortality. Thank you for your charge to be your witnesses wherever we go. We pray that we will know your presence with us at all times, as we seek to be faithful to your calling. We know that we will never accomplish your calling in our own strength. 
Help us to rely on you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as we seek to keep the pattern of sound teaching and guard the good deposit which you have shared also with us. Equip, envision, and strengthen us, we pray, for this essential task. In the name of the risen and ascended Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sorry, if you're taking uh, communion together or you're taking an agape meal at home, it's really good to be together and to share those things, isn't it? To share bread and wine in remembrance of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's good also to remember that we need to keep short accounts with him, uh, that living under lockdown isn't always easy and plain sailing and it stretches us all. So let's come together uh, with the words of this confession. Almighty God, long-suffering and of great goodness, I confess to you, I confess with my whole heart, my neglect and forgetfulness of your commandments, my wrongdoing, thinking and speaking, the hurts I have done to others and the good I have left undone. O oh God, forgive me for I have sinned against you and raise me to newness of life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And may the God of all healing and forgiveness draw us to himself cleanse us from all our sins, that we may behold the glory of his Son, the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, we offer you our praise and thanks that you loved the world so much that you sent us your Son, so that through him we might no longer live in darkness but find new life and forgiveness for all our sins. Help us in all this coming week to share the risen Christ with those with whom we speak. Give us courage to ask them if they have any needs that we might pray to you about. During this period of enforced lockdown, install in us all a new respect for nature and as we walk around our village, may we give thanks for the beautiful area in which we live. We are so fortunate. Thank you for the beauty of springtime, for new life that surrounds us, and for the abundance of blossom and wild flowers. Thank you, Jesus, that during this pandemic, you still watch over us and our law of all things. Father God, during this enforced time of rest, help us all to take time to restore our souls and remind ourselves that you are a God of rest and a God of balance. We know it is not good always to be so busy and active. Remind us to, that to give to others, we must allow ourselves time to rest in you. Lord, we thank you for the loving relationships we experience with family and friends. Help us to share your love with others in our community. During this time of isolation, we pray especially for the elderly living alone, for those in care homes, who are unable to receive visitors 
and do not understand why. We pray for those working in our care homes, those visiting, those isolated at home. Lord, give them a renewed strength as they are daily having to cope with the distressed, the anxious and the lonely. We remember especially those approaching the end of their earthly lives. May they receive comfort and your peace. We pray for all who continue to work, providing the community with the necessities of life. We thank you for the dedication of our health workers and pray for the wisdom of God to lead doctors, nurses and researchers and ask that they may know your protection. We thank you for their unselfish sacrifice as they go about their daily work, often experiencing long hours and exhaustion. Lord, we pray for our families as they struggle to home teach the children whilst having to work at home themselves. Give patience and understanding to all parents. When tempers become frayed, may we all be willing to forgive one another. Be ever present in our homes, Lord, and keep us safe through the power of your Holy Spirit. As Muslims worldwide continue Ramadan, we pray that many will find a way to you, Jesus, during this period of prayer and fasting. Thank you, Jesus, that you are revealing yourself to many Muslims worldwide. We know that it can be a very hard and difficult time for them as they can be disowned by family and friends. May they experience a new hope in Christ and guide them into a lasting fellowship with you through the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray for all who are working on the mission field for the well-being of their family members from whom they are separated. We remember all those missionaries that are known personally to us. May they serve you, not in their own strength, but in the grace and strength of the Lord. Protect them from the forces of evil and meet their daily needs. Finally, Lord, we will not fear for you are with us. We will not be dismayed, for you are our God. You will strengthen us and help us. You will uphold us with your righteousness. We claim your protections, Lord. May the love of Christ surround us in the days ahead. Take away our anxieties and give us your peace. Accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. It's a few words to remind us uh, about Jesus' uh, commitment to us. I tell you the truth, he says, he who believes has everlasting life.
I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So perhaps you want to share these words. I've adapted them slightly. So come to his table, not because you must, but because you may. Not because we are strong, but because we are weak. Come not because any goodness of our own gives us the right to come, but because we need mercy and help. Come because we love the Lord a little and would like to love him more. Come because he loved us and gave himself for us. Come because everything is ready and he is waiting. Amen.